Exile, Chapter 11, The Informant Councillor Furble of Blingdenstone moved tentatively into the small, rough-hewn cavern, the appointed meeting place. An army of Srifnebli, including several deep gnome enchanters holding stones that could summon earth-elemental allies, moved into defensive positions all along the corridors to the west of the room. Despite this, Furble was not at ease. He looked down the eastern tunnel, the only other entrance into the chamber, wondering what information his agent would have for him and worrying over how much it would cost. Then the drow made his swaggering entrance, his high black boots kicking loudly on the floor. His gaze darted about quickly to ensure that Furble was the only Surf Neblin in the chamber, their usual deal, then strode up to the deep gnome counselor and dropped in a low bow. "'Greetings, little friend, with the big purse,' the drow said with a laugh. His command of the Surfneblin language and dialect, with the perfect inflections and pauses of a deep gnome who had lived a century in Blingdenstone, always amazed Furble. "'You could exercise some caution,' Furble retorted, again glancing around anxiously. "'Bah!' the drow snorted, clicking the hard heels of his boots together. You have an army of deep gnome fighters and wizards behind you, and I... <laughs> well, let us just agree that I am well protected as well. That fact I do not doubt, Jarlaxel, Furble replied. Still, I would prefer that our business remain as private and as secretive as possible. All of the business of Bragg and the Arth is private, my dear Furble. Axel answered, and again he bowed low, sweeping his wide-brimmed hat in a long and graceful arc. "'Enough of that,' said Furble. "'Let us be done with our business, so that I may return to my home.' "'Then ask,' said Axel. "'There has been an increase in drow activity near Blindenstone,' explained the deep gnome. "'Has there?' Axel asked, appearing surprised. The drow's smirk revealed his true emotions, though. This would be an easy profit for Jarlaxel, for the very same matron mother in Menzo Baronson who had recently employed him was undoubtedly connected with the Blingdenstone's distress. Jarlaxel liked coincidences that made the profits come easy. Furble knew the ploy of the faint surprise all too well. "'There has,' he said firmly. "'And you wish to know why?' Jarlaxel reasoned, still holding a façade of ignorance. "'It would seem prudent from our vantage point,' huffed the counsellor, tired of Jarlaxel's unending game. Furble knew without any doubts that Jarlaxel was aware of the drow activity near Blindenstone, and of the purpose behind it. Jarlaxel was a rogue without house, normally an unhealthy position in the world of dark elves. Yet, this resourceful mercenary survived, even thrived in his renegade position. Through it all, Jarlaxel's greatest advantage was knowledge, knowledge of every stirring within Menzabaranzan and the regions surrounding the city. "'How long will you require?' Furble asked. "'My king wishes to complete his business as swiftly as possible.' "'Have you my payment?' "'the drow asked, holding out a hand. "'Payment when you bring me information,' Furble protested. 
That has always been our agreement. So it has, agreed Jarlaxle. This time, though, I need no time to gather your information. If you have my gems, we can be done with our business right now. Ferber pulled the pouch of gems from his belt and tossed them to the drow. Fifty agates, finely cut, he said with a growl, never pleased by the price. He had hoped to avoid using Jarlaxel this time. Like any deep gnome, Ferbal did not easily part with such sums. Jarlaxel quickly glanced into the pouch, then dropped it into a deep pocket. Rest easy, little deep gnome, he began. For the powers who rule men's baronzen plan no actions against your city. A single drow house has an interest in the region, nothing more. Why? Ferbal asked after a long moment of silence had passed. The Surf Neblin hated having to ask, knowing the inevitable consequence. Jarlaxel held out his hand. Ten more finely cut agates passed over. The house searches for one of its own, Jarlaxel explained, a renegade whose actions have put his family out of favor of the Spider Queen. Again, a few interminable moments of silence passed. Ferbal could guess easily enough the identity of the hunted drow, but King Schnicktick would roar until the ceiling fell if he didn't make certain. He pulled ten more gemstones from his pouch. Name the house, he said. Dermen Nasher's Bernan, replied Jarlaxel, casually dropping the gems into his deep pocket. Ferbal crossed his arms over his chest and scowled. The unscrupulous drow had caught him once again. "'Not the ancestral name!' the counselor growled, grudgingly pulling out another ten gems. "'Really, Ferbal?' Jarlaxle teased. "'You must learn to be more specific in your questioning. Such errors do cost you so much.' "'Name the house in terms that I might understand,' Ferbal instructed. "'And name the hunted renegade. No more will I pay you this day, Jarlaxle!' Jarlaxo held his hand up and smiled to silence the deep gnome. "'Agreed,' he laughed, more than satisfied with his take. "'House Duarden, eighth house of Menzoboranzen, searches for its second boy.' The mercenary noted a hint of recognition in Ferbal's expression. "'Might this little meeting provide Jarlaxo with information that he could, in turn, further profit at the coffers of Matron Malice?' "'Drizd is his name,' the drow continued, carefully studying the Shrivneblin's reaction. Slyly, he added, "'Information of his whereabouts would bring a high profit in Menzoboranzen.' Ferbal stared at the brash drow for a long time. Had he given away too much when the renegade's identity had been revealed? If Jarlaxle had guessed that Drizd was in the Deep Gnome City, the implications could be grim.' Now Ferbal was in a predicament. Should he admit his mistake and try to correct it? But how much could it cost Ferbal to buy Jarlaxle's promise of silence? And no matter how great the payment, could Ferbal really trust the unscrupulous mercenary? Our business is at an end, Ferbal announced, deciding to trust that Jarlaxle had not guessed enough to bargain with House Duarden. The counselor turned on his heel and started out of the chamber. Jarlaxle secretly applauded Ferbal's decision. He'd always believed the Shrifneblin counselor a worthy bargaining adversary, and was not now disappointed. 
Ferbal had revealed little information, too little to take to Matron Malice, and, if the Deep Gnome had more to give, his decision to abruptly end the meeting was a wise one. In spite of their racial differences, Darlaxle had to admit that he actually liked Ferbal. "'Oh, little gnome!' he called out after the departing figure. "'I offer you a warning.' Ferbal spun back, his hand defensively coveting his closed gem pouch. "'Free of charge,' Darlaxle said with a laugh and a shake of his bald head. But then the mercenary's visage turned suddenly serious, even grim. "'If you know of Drisduarden,' Jarlaxle continued, "'Keep him far away. Loth herself has charged matron Malice Duarden with Drizzt's death, and Malice will do whatever she must to accomplish this task. And even if Malice fails, others will take up the hunt, knowing that the Duarden's death will bring great pleasure to the Spider Queen.' He is doomed, Ferbal, and so doomed will be any foolish enough to stand beside him. An unnecessary warning, Ferbal replied, trying to keep his expression calm. For none in Blingenstone know or care anything for this renegade dark elf, nor, I assure you, do any in Blingenstone hold any desire to find the favor of the dark elf's spider queen deity. Jarlaxle smiled knowingly at the Shrifneblin's bluff. "'Of course,' he replied, and he swept off his grand hat, dropping into yet another bow. Ferbal paused a moment to consider the words and the bow, wondering again if he should try to buy the mercenary's silence. Before he came to any decision, though, Jarlaxle was gone, clomping his hard boots loudly with every departing step. Poor Ferbal was left to wonder. He needn't have— Jarlaxle did indeed like little Ferbal, the mercenary admitted to himself as he departed, and he would not divulge his suspicions of Drizzt's whereabouts to Matron Malice. Unless, of course, the offer was simply too tempting. Ferbal just stood and watched the empty chamber for many minutes, wondering and worrying. For Drizzt, the days had been filled with friendship and fun. He was somewhat of a hero with the Shrifneblin miners who had gone out into the tunnels beside him, and the story of his clever deception against the goblin tribe grew with every telling. Drizzt and Belwar went out often now, and whenever they entered a tavern or meeting house, they were greeted by cheers and offers of free food and drink. Both the friends were glad for the offer, for together they had found their place and their peace. Already... Burrow Warden Brickers and Belwar were busily planning another mining expedition. Their biggest task was narrowing the list of volunteers, for Shrifnebli from every corner of the city had contacted them, eager to travel beside the Dark Elf and the most honored Burrow Warden. When a loud and insistent knock came one morning on Belwar's door, both Drizzt and the Deep Gnome figured it was more recruits looking for a place in the expedition. They were indeed surprised to find the city guard waiting for them, bidding Drizzt at the point of a dozen spears to go with them to an audience with the king. Belwar appeared unconcerned. A precaution, he assured Drizzt, pushing away his breakfast plate of mushrooms and moss sauce. Belwar went to the wall to grab his cloak, and if Drizzt, concentrating on the spears, had noticed Belwar's jerking and unsure movements, the drow most certainly would not have been assured. The journey through the Deep Gnome City was quick indeed, with the anxious guards prodding the drow and the burrow warden along. 
Belwar continued to brush the whole thing off as a precaution with every step, and in truth, Belwar did a fine job keeping a measure of calm in his round-toned voice. But Drizzt carried no illusions with him into the king's chambers. All of his life had been filled with crushing ends to promising beginnings. King Schnicktick sat uncomfortably on his stone throne, his counselors standing equally ill at ease around him. He did not like this duty that had been placed upon his shoulders. The Srifnebli considered themselves loyal friends, but in light of the counselor Ferbal's revelations, the threat to Blingenstone could not be ignored, especially not for the likes of a dark elf. Drizzt and Belwar moved to stand before the king. Drizzt curious, though ready to accept whatever might come of this, but Belwar on the edge of anger. "'My thanks in your prompt arrival,' King Schnicktick greeted them, and he cleared his throat and looked around to his counselors for support. "'Spears do keep one in motion,' Belwar snarled sarcastically. The Shrifmebling king cleared his throat again, noticeably uncomfortable, and shifted in his seat. "'My guard does get a bit excited,' he apologized. "'Please, take no offense.' "'None taken,' Drizzt assured him. "'Your time in our city you have enjoyed?' Schnicktick asked, managing a bit of a smile. Drizzt nodded. "'Your people have been gracious beyond anything I could have ever asked for or expected,' he replied." "'And you have proven yourself a worthy friend, Drizztuaden,' Schnicktick said. "'Truly our lives have been enriched by your presence.' Drizzt bowed low, full of gratitude for the Shrifnebelin king's kind words. But Belwar narrowed his dark grey eyes and crinkled his hooked nose, beginning to understand what the king was leading up to. "'Unfortunately,' King Schnicktick began, looking around pleadingly to his counselors and not directly at Drizzt. A situation has come upon us. Mega Kamara, shouted Belwar, startling everyone in the attendance. No! King Schnicktick and Drizzt looked at the Burrow Warden in disbelief. You mean to put him out? Belwar snarled accusingly at Schnicktick. Belwar, Drizzt began to protest. Most honored Burrow Warden, the Shrifnebelin king said sternly, It is not your place to interrupt. If you do so again, I will be forced to have you removed from the chamber. It is true, then, Belwar groaned softly. He looked away. Drizzt glanced from the king to Belwar and back again, confused as to the purpose behind the whole encounter. You have heard of the suspected drow activity in the tunnels near our eastern borders? The king asked Drizzt. Drizzt nodded. We have learned the purpose of this activity, Schnicktick explained. The pause at the Shrifnebelin king looked yet another time to his counselors sent shivers through Drizzt's spine. He knew beyond any doubts what was coming next, but the words wounded him deeply anyway. You, Drizzt Duarden, are that purpose. My mother searches for me, Drizzt replied flatly. "'But she will not find you!' Belwar snarled in defiance, aimed at both Schnicktick and this unknown mother of his new friend. "'Not while you remain a guest of the Deep Gnomes of Blingdenstone!' "'Belwar, hold!' King Schnicktick scolded. He looked back to Drizzt 
and his visage softened. Please, friend Drizd, you must understand. I cannot risk war with Menzo Baranzen. Oh, I do understand, Drizd assured him with sincerity. I will gather my things. No, Belwar protested. He rushed up to the throne. We are Svafnebli. We do not put our friends out to face any dangers. The borough warden ran from counselor to counselor, pleading for justice. Only friendship has Drizdwarden shown us, and we would put him out? Maga Kamara, if our loyalties are so fragile, are we any better than the drow of Menzabaradzan? Enough, most honored borough warden. King Schnicktick cried out in a tone of finality that even stubborn Belwar could not ignore. Our decision did not come easily to us, but it is final. I will not put Blingenstone in jeopardy for the sake of a dark elf, no matter that he has shown himself to be a friend. Schnicktick looked at Drizzt. I am truly sorry. Do not be, Drizzt replied. You do only what you must as I did on that long day long ago when I chose to forsake my people. That decision I made alone, and I have never asked for any approval or aid. You, good Sriffniblin king, and your people, have given me back so much that I had lost. Believe that I have no desire to invoke the wrath of Menzboranzen against Blingdenstone. I would never forgive myself if I played any part in that tragedy. I will be gone from your fair city within the hour. And, in parting, I offer only my gratitude. The Shurfmebling king was touched by the words, but his position remained unbending. He motioned for his guardsmen to accompany Drizzt, who accepted the armed escort with a resigned sigh. He looked once at Belwar, standing helplessly beside the Shurfmebling counselors, then left the king's halls. A hundred deep gnomes, particularly Burrow Warden Krieger and the other miners of the single expedition that Drizzt had accompanied, said their farewells to the drow as he walked out of Blinkenstone's huge doors. Conspicuously absent was Belwar Dizengulp. Drizzt had not even seen the Burrow Warden at all in the hour since he left the throne room. Still, Drizzt was grateful for the send-off these Frifnebli had given him. Their kind words comforted him and gave him the strength that he knew he would need in the trials of the coming years. Of all the memories Drizzt would take out of Blingdenstone, he vowed to hold on to those parting words. Still, when Drizzt moved away from the gathering, across the small platform and down the wide staircase, he heard only the resounding echoes of the enormous doors slamming shut behind him. Drizzt trembled as he looked down the tunnels of the wild underdark wondering how he could possibly survive the trials this time. Blingdenstone had been his salvation from the hunter. How long would it take the darker side to rear up again and steal his identity? But what choice did Drizzt have? Leaving Menzoberanzen had been his decision, the right decision. Now, though, knowing better the consequences of his choice, Drizzt wondered about his resolve. Given the opportunity to do it all over again— would he now find the strength to walk away from his life among his people? He hoped that he would. A shuffle off to the side brought Drizzt alert. He crouched and drew his scimitars, thinking that Matron Malice had agents waiting for him who had expected him to be expelled from Blingdenstone. A shadow moved a moment later, but it was no drow assassin that came in at Drizzt. Belwar! he cried in relief. 
I feared that you would not say farewell. And so I will not, replied the Swerf Neblin. Drizzt studied the Burrow Warden, noticing the full pack that Belwar wore. No, Belwar, I cannot allow. I do not remember asking for your permission, the Deep Gnome interrupted. I have been looking for some excitement in my life. Thought I might venture out and see what the wide world has to offer. It is not as grand as you expect, Drizzt replied grimly. You have your people, Belvoir. They accept you and care for you. That is a greater gift than anything you can imagine. Agreed, replied the Burrow Warden. And you, Drizzt Warden, have your friend who accepts you and cares for you, and stands beside you. Now, are we going to be on with this adventure, or are we going to stand here and wait for that wicked mother of yours to walk up and cut us down? You cannot begin to imagine the dangers, Drizzt warned, but Belwar could see that the drow's resolve was already starting to wear away. Belwar banged his mithril hands together. And you, dark elf, cannot begin to imagine the ways I can deal with such dangers. I am not letting you walk off alone into the wilds. Understand that as fact, Maga Kamara, and we can get on with things. Drizzt shrugged helplessly, looked once more to the stubborn determination stamped openly on Belwar's face, and started off down the tunnel the deep gnome falling into step at his side. This time, at least, Drizzt had a companion he could talk to, a weapon against the intrusions of the hunter. He put his hand in his pocket and fingered the Gwenhyver's onx figurine. Perhaps, Drizzt dared to hope, the three of them would have a chance to find more than simple survival in the Underdark. For a long time afterward, Drizzt wondered if he had acted selfishly in giving in so easily to Belwar. Whatever guilt he felt, however could not begin to compare with the profound sense of relief that Driz knew whenever he looked down at his side to the most honored Burrow Warden's bald, bobbing head.